Okay, so we're actually, over the next few weeks, we're going to be um, looking at being rooted, having deep roots and being rooted in Jesus. All right? We wanted to kind of hit our more like focused theme. Um, some friends have been sharing over the year this, this text from Jeremiah. So if you got a Bible, you got a phone, you got a piece of paper, write it down, open it up. I want it to be something we, we come back to. We're talking about being rooted. And this is a prophetic text. That just means it was written a long time ago, right? By one to incline to the ear to the Lord, we're listening and wrote things down. This is in Jeremiah 17. And I want to read verses 5 to 8 on this. Jeremiah 17, 5 to 8. Some friends within Genesis who listen have felt like these were just messages for within this time. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 to 8. I'm reading in the NLT. I don't know if it matters, right? Whatever version you have works. But here it is. This is what the Lord says. This is when you know they're being prophetic, right? Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They'll live in barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. Not good, right? <laughs> Verse seven, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat, nor worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Right? Two, two kinds. So one is the ones who have not put their trust in the Lord. Right? They're putting their trust, they're putting their hope, their foundation. They're being rooted into something else that isn't rooted. Right? And so they're like a shrub in the wilderness. They're like a tumbleweed right? It's a weed that has no roots, that's barren, that is pretty much dead, but it's not rooted. But the ones who put their trust in the Lord, and this was in eight, right? They're like trees, plant along riverbank, not riverbank, with roots that reach deep into the water. And so we're talking, we're talking about being deeply rooted or deep roots, right? And this is this metaphor, this is this image, these are the imageries of those who trust in a God who have found themselves rooted, like rooted into something more, not, not putting their hope and, and their life into anything else, but being rooted into Jesus. Jesus himself, when he talks about sort of like this riverbank, that the stream of water, Jesus himself in John 7 was crying out uh, to crowds that, hey, anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Jesus himself said, drink of me, I'm the living water, right? Like, and so this is this part, like these, having these roots that come down that are planted into God. This is what we want to talk about, being rooted, being deeply rooted. And to be deeply rooted in the trust of God is to have our lives shaped in a different way. Um, much of what we're kind of talking about has been inspired by some reading. It was the deeply formed life. It was written by, by the person, mainly of Rich, um, Villa Dolas, 
and it's called The Deeply Formed Life, if you'd like to read the book. He's a pastor in New York. Um, and, and he's referenced some imagery and some language that has inspired what we, some of the angles and the emphasis that we want to go here for the next uh, number of weeks. But Rich references, and many who have gone before him have referenced a group of people called the Desert Fathers, who Desert Fathers and the Mothers, they were of the late monastic period, right? Or like, uh, when the world was changing, that these people left these areas, um, the, the civilized areas that were being formed in, in, that, in order to be shaped and to be rooted in a different way. And these people, right, these desert fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters reminded us of the way of following Jesus requires a steadfast refusal to get caught up in the pace, the power, and the priorities of the world around us. Now, those ideas, right, right in there, to be rooted in Jesus is to be rooted in something different than this was happening in the world, because to be rooted in this world is rooted in the pace of the world, and it's rooted in the powers of the world, and it's rooted in the priorities of the world. That's what this sort of like, hey, those who don't trust in God are trusting in something else, and it's about being rooted in something else. And that language that Rich put out there grabbed my attention, getting caught up in the pace and the power and the priorities of this world. And that we're called to have our lives shaped by a different kind of power and our lives shaped by a different kind of pace and different kind of priorities that are offered to us by God. And this is what it is to be rooted in God, that our lives would be shaped by God in a different power, right? The power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God, a different pace that is found in God and different priorities. So that's what we want to talk about. How do we have these deep roots that are, that are formed by a different power that is offered to us by God, a different pace that is offered to us by God and different priorities? There was a Japanese theologian beautifully wrote some beautiful imagery because he was trying to convey metaphors that would shape the Eastern Asian minds, right? They would be able to connect to. You can read a lot of what this theologian wrote about his name was Dr. Kosuk Koyama, and he wrote a book called The Three Mile an Hour God. Dr. Koyama um, was trying to convey that if we want to connect to God, we'd be wise to travel at God's speed. That God has a speed to him. And so you ask the question, well, what's God's pace then, <laughs> right? What is God's speed in which God travels? Because most would say, I mean, it's God, right? I mean, God has got to be the fastest person in this world. But Dr. Koyama says this, that God travels at three miles per hour, a very specific pace. And you had to say, how did he come up with this number of the pace of God? And he said, well, this is the pace of a leisurely walk. And that's the pace of God, the God who walks, because humans walk at this pace, three miles per hour. N.T. Wright said, he affirmed this, and he said, it's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. Okay, do you get that? <laughs> it's only when you slow your life down that you catch up to God. This is the paradox of the pace of God. This is the contemplative rhythms in which we're being invited into in order to find the pace of God, to have our lives rooted in a God. 
And so many of us would find in order for us to be rooted and be trusting in God, that we are desperately in need, a way, in need of a way of thinking and living that isn't captive to the powers of efficiency and speed and performance. This is from Rich's book. And we need a way of living according to a different understanding of time and space. And we need to capture the monastic imagination. So unless we live into this kind of pace of Jesus, where we intentionally slow down, we intentionally slow down in order to catch up with God, we have no hope for the quality of life that allows Jesus to form us into his image. Right? Because that's what we're wanting to be deeply rooted into the person of Jesus. If we do not slow down, we will not have the quality of life that forms us into the image of Christ. And so what we want to talk about today is that pace of God through contemplative practices. That means slowing down our lives to be with God. Have you found yourself in this of wanting to move really fast? So for the last um, four years, God has been speaking to me about this specifically. I can even remember because I was in Colorado. I was in, at, at Fuller doing one of my grad classes and when I was there, there's this, there's this mile incline hike. I've told you about this before, right? And all the class goes to the, it's a railroad tie. It all has railroad ties and it go, ascends up this like mountain ridge and it goes up a mile and it's all steps. It's like called the incline hike or the incline steps. And we did it, right? And, and when I was there and all of this group were all together, all different people from different places around the world. But when I went there, I was like, I want to see how fast I can get up. And so I was willing to leave behind a group of people in order to group of the people who were trying to um, move quickly. Right. And that's not bad. Right. There's things about races and things that that were good. But I think God uses so much of our life to speak to us. And he was speaking to me about this. And for me, it was like, oh, that's interesting. Right. You were because there was other people who were not willing to leave behind people in our group. One of them was, was um, my friend, Eric Amasa. Eric has been on the call before from Africa, right? And at times Eric tunes in even to our Zoom call. Eric was one of the ones who was just kind of going at a leisurely pace. And there was people who were like, Eric, we want you to make it. We want you to go. And they slowed down to walk with Eric in friendship. They had nothing to prove about how quickly they're going to go up the mountain. No one was speaking to me about that. I remember coming back and processing that. And um, in Royal Oak, there's this couple that goes walking and they're really recognizable. And one of the guys like wears like these little short shorts, he's like 70 years old or something, right? And um, usually a sock cap and a tank top and short shorts all year around. And they're usually walking to the Y. And then about 50 paces behind him is his wife, every time, right? That, and that, and you, so, and I would see them and you know, you can, you can kind of see it and quickly your mind goes to all sorts of weird judgment stuff, right? But then the Lord was using that to be like, is, is that your life with your wife as well? Right? Like, are you, are you pushing ahead your pace and your little short shorts and your quick, quick movement and behind you is, is your wife? Right? Is that imagery that, what, that it, uh, for those of you who know that imagery, you've seen it, right? If you're Royal Oak, you know these people. I was another one when God was getting my attention with my pace. My son is yelling because he's mad that he can't hear Ninjago. Sorry, bud. And the third one was actually with him. It was like last week. 
we went to go sledding, right? We were going to go up to the hill in Oak Park. Um, and he's in his little snow gear and I'm in mine too. And I'm pulling the sled and he's walking. And, and I, you ever notice when you're uh, with me, I have to notice that I'm, I'm usually ahead of him. He's too, I'm, I'm excited to get to the place. And I have to so intentionally to slow down to walk at his pace next to his side, right? The pace. And all of these are ones where this tendency to leave behind our friends, this tendency to leave behind spouses, this tendency to leave behind kids. I tell you, if you've got kids, right, they're slow, right? You, you have to slow down to be with them. And all these are pictures for me. It was kind of like God speaking into my pace of life. Is there something to prove? Am I trying to get somewhere quickly, right? Because <laughs> I have something to do, somewhere to go. Oh, man, Jesus lived differently with a different pace. Yeah, he was engaged in things. He was doing ministry. Many of us look at his life and say, my, the fruit of it was just beautiful. But if we don't, if we, if we don't fully grasp that, that the, what made um, Jesus a full human able to live the life he did, but because his pace was one that he was constantly slowing down in order to be with Jesus and be with people. Jesus walked his life at this like three mile per hour pace, if not slower, right? When we talk about being deep, deeply rooted, we, we think that there is a distinctiveness and a call to look like Jesus. And that distinctiveness to look like Jesus is our pace and the pacing of how we live, right? To be rooted in Jesus would say that we would live differently. We would have different priorities. We would have a different pace. And then we'd have a different power. That's just what it is to have deep roots and to be rooted in Jesus. And so this, with this today, I want to talk about our, our, our pace, about what it is to have contemplative, to engage in contemplative rhythms where our pace would slow down. Then in so many ways that having this pace of Jesus is a refusal to get caught up in the pace and the power and the priorities of the world. Having our lives shaped differently. And these kinds of rhythms and this kind of pace enables us in a way to leave the world in which we are in the culture, which is trying to shape us in order not only just to survive it, but to thrive in it in a way to be transformed. So God not, is not just simply trying to um, improve our lives, right? As we join with God, God is looking to infuse them and transform them with his life and to be deeply rooted that we would flourish is one where our pace must change. And so where do you find this, right? What, what has been your pace, the pace of your life? Do you find it that yet your pace is one where you have to slow down in order to catch up with God, <laughs> right? Or do you have this image of God that, oh no, no, God's moving so fast and you need to do more. That is not the invitation of Jesus, of being rooted in Jesus. That is the pace of this world that says, prove something in order for God to care about you, to love you, to, in order, right? That's the lie. You must do more. You must run at a faster pace in order for God to be approved of you. He loves us and he's inviting us to stop, to slow down in order to catch up with him, to catch up with the living God, to be rooted in the love of God and the perspectives of God and the peace of God and the love of God. 
And so I want to invite you just to sit with that. And I want to invite you in a couple practices, right? Many of these practices are things we've heard again and again and again and again. And then you just need to have your imagination renewed and say, oh, these are some practices where I could actually slow down to catch up with God. I want to list three of them. They're real simple, right? One of the practices you can think of would be prayer, but this is the silent prayer. Silent prayer. Some could call it centering prayer. But silent prayer is one of those ones where it's like, no, you're just sitting with God. No words, no agenda. Just being in the presence of God. The whole, the whole core of it is to establish a relationship with God based on friendship rather than the demands. You could almost say that silent prayer is so uncomfortable because it is just being with God. But for many of us, we feel like there's just so much to do, so much to say. But yeah, it's like be in the presence of God. In basic terms, right? Silent prayer is the practice of focusing our attention upon God through the simplicity of shared presence. Just to be with God. Do that for five minutes. Do that for 10 minutes. The surrender of our words to be present with Jesus. It's a way to slow down in order to catch up with God. Um, many would consider this almost a meditative practice, right? Because it's allowing, it's not allowing the distractions, the urgency, the pressures, everything to overtake. It doesn't mean that they're not there. And some get really discouraged in these moments where they're distracted. You ever tried to just sort of be mindful and to sit and to breathe and be mindful of God? And all of a sudden, everything rushes in. Everything comes to your notice, the dirt on your floor, how long your toenails are, the hangnail that's on your hand, the front, right? Like the ridiculousness that is coming up and filling your mind. And those things are not to discourage us. They're opportunities to return. Really, the idea of silent prayer is almost a practice of, of responding to distraction through returning, coming back again and again and again. In the book, The Deeply Formed Life, they bring up this quote from um, Thomas Keating. And it says this, if your mind gets distracted 10,000 times in 20 minutes of prayer, it's 10,000 opportunities to return to God. And it's almost this practice of returning again and again to the deep source, right? That fuels us to the, to the waters of God, to the deep spring of Jesus. And so... Could that be, right? Could it be to, to engage? And that's an opportunity for something else to practice, right? Another one that we have talked about, and many of you have heard this thing called a Sabbath, right? These ideas of this pace of slowing down to catch up with God, right? A 24-hour period of time when you would stop. This invitation to a life that isn't dominated and distorted by overwork. How oh, so many of us struggle with this. And many, if you're like me, even for you, I was, I was stepping into it. I've been trying to practice Sabbath from 6 p.m. Friday night to 6 p.m. Saturday night, and it's hard. You know one of the hardest things for me to practice this is? If I feel like that I've worked hard enough in the week, then I feel like I deserve it. If I feel like I was focused enough in the week, then I feel like I was able to step into it. It was like Sabbath is earned, not a gift of grace. 
Sabbath is God's gift to us. It's a grace to us. It's not built upon how much you worked in a week, what you accomplished in the week. It's built upon this pace of rhythm of being with God for our own good. And so, uh, do you have this, right? Are, are you feeling the pressures and the anxiety about incomplete work? Incomplete dishes, incomplete tasks, and all these things, all this incomplete stuff, this pace that is keeping you from actually joining, like slowing down to catch up with God. That's a practice, right? It's a, it's a practice that allows our pace to be different in the same way that silence and prayer is. Like when we can pace ourselves differently. And then here's one more encouragement. It's called the slow reading of scripture. Right, the slow reading. It's a practice. It's a, pra- it's a meditative practice, right? That we read the scriptures and we chew upon it. We're allowing the spirit of God, the practice of Lectio Divina, for many of you who've seen that, but slow reading of scriptures. It's, it's like, oh gosh, I'm gonna read the scriptures five times this year or front to cover or whatever it is. And many of us aren't trying to do that, right? But, but what if you could have just a practice of slowly chewing upon that? Eugene Peterson wrote about it. Like he, he wrote about like, we're meant to be like lions chewing on a bone mauling on it, right? In the same way that James and many of you talked about your dogs, when you give them a bone, you'll see them just devouring it, every bit of it. And what if it was that we had the slow practice of sitting with the scriptures and allowing the scriptures to meet us, allowing for God to speak into us. Our pace would be slowed down. It wasn't about getting something done. It was about being with God and chewing upon it, the slow reading of that, slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates our hearts. Allowing space for God to speak into us so we could hear something and then respond to it differently. Those are three practices. So here's my question for you, right? How has your life been shaped by a different kind of power, pace, and priorities? Or has your life been shaped? Is your life looking that way? Then what is being shaped by the world? Is your pace look like just like the pace of the world? Do your priorities look just like the priorities of the world? And how are you getting power, right? And being empowered, is it just by like the world? Now we're, we're, being, we're being called to be rooted in Jesus and have deep roots. And today we're saying, look at your pace. Do you need to slow down in order to catch up with God? It is only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up with God. Are your roots hitting the deep waters of Jesus? Because there is an invitation to join there. So I I just want to pause here for a second. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of just ask that question to sit with that. I want to give you a couple of minutes to even to talk with others. I'm going to send you into a group with this, right? And just say, what's grabbing your attention this morning about your pace and about being rooted in Jesus, deep roots? All right, that's it. What's grabbing your attention this morning? But deeply rooted in Jesus and your pace, having the pace of Jesus. What's standing out to you? And again, if nobody has anything that's standing out to you, would you just pray a blessing upon each other saying, oh, May your roots reach into the, may, may they drink deep from the waters of Jesus.
then they found richly being nourished in Jesus, right? A blessing upon people, that invitation to drink more deeply, that invitation that sounds like a gift to say, slow down. Those of you who are weary, come and find water, right? There's my boy yelling for me again. I'm going to send you into a group. One second, bud. He wants a donut. We're talking about Jesus. All right. I'm going to send you into your group. I'm going to give you four minutes to do this. And then Nate is going to dismiss us, right? Nate is going to bring us out. I'm going to give you four minutes. So what's grabbing your attention? Get a chance to listen and share with each other and, and pray. So here it is. Let me send you into these groups. Say yes to join. Grab in there and, and let them know what's grabbing your attention about your pace and being deeply rooted in Jesus. Pray for each other. Hibbo, when we come back, Kate's going to do something, and then I'm going to wrap up. So when we come back, come back to Kate.
people are being invited back in after their breakout rooms. They're going to be sent back into this meeting within one minute. 30 seconds, everyone will be jumping right back in. They're coming back in in 12 seconds. Everyone is going to be in for those of you who are still on Facebook. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm going to. Um, had Kate here. She was going to have her uh, take us from here. Hi, guys. So we decided to come back because um, I know that even some people have private messaged and some um, people are giving feedback that things just feel really heavy to them right now. And I had put in there a request for some of my clients and just knowing that that's indicative of the world right now is just that there is a heaviness. And especially with the stuff that happened in the Capitol this week, um, where, wherever you stand on that, it's not neutral. And so I know that it weighs, I know that it weighs when you feel like your best friend, your parents, like everybody's having all these opinions and everything just feels heavy and you can't see people you wanna see and your kids aren't back in school. There's just a lot. And so as people are struggling with anxiety and depression and confusion and despair and just whatever emotion that the capital brings, whatever emotion your isolation brings, whatever emotion the pandemic brings, we just want to make space for it just for a moment. We're just going to do a, a minute of silence. And in that minute, you can even ask, we try to ask God to communicate to us if there's someone that he puts on our hearts that we can pray for. If it's just sitting before God and allowing him to minister to us and kind of um, address the wounding we may feel or the heaviness we may feel knowing that we are not crushed because he is a God that comes near. And so just for this minute, whatever the minute looks like for you, it might just be to breathe. Maybe you haven't breathed all week ever since all the news and all the chaos and scariness comes out. Maybe you haven't even breathed. And so maybe we just take collective breath together and sit before God in this next minute. So um, we're going to do that. And then um, Nate's going to close us out. So just take a minute here and we'll do that.
Ephesians 3. The prayer is this. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in God. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And this text reveals in us where God's marvelous love has not taken root. And the way that that comes out is violence. It's violence against others with our fists. It's violence against others with our thoughts. It's violence against others with our words. And I share with you now, as your pastor, that I've dealt with this this week. For God put in front of me violence from my own words, violence from my own view of others. And I encourage you today, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's who you would consider your enemy, violence is never the way of Jesus. Violence is not the way. And so as you are tempted, whether in your despair or in your anger, to move towards violence, whether it is your thoughts or your words or with your body, may you be reminded and called by name by the Holy Spirit that Jesus is shaping himself in us. And that is a process. And so have grace with one another. Have grace with yourself. But do not fear the work that God's trying to do. Because God is trying to bring us to that space where we have those deep roots that are rooted in God's marvelous love for us, yes, but God's marvelous love for our enemy. And so may we know that and may we receive that invitation as difficult as it may be. And may God continue to shape us in the likeness of Jesus. So church, that is my prayer for us this week. That as we go, that Christ would be more and more at home in our hearts. There's a good word. And that our roots would go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And that we would be able to feel and to understand as the children of God how long, how wide, how deep, and how high God's love really is. Amen and amen. Thank you both. Thank you, Kate, and all that were involved today. And may the kingdom of God come and dwell among us here. We're going to lift the mute and we can chat with each other. And 